0: Hey everybody, I'm not a dog fucker, that means I'm John Hastings, and I'm with noted dog fucker Dylan Gott. Go ahead, Dylan.
1: Just to recap, what we did was, my name is Dylan Gott, by the way, we were talking about Bret Hart Part 3, and to get it started in the way it should be, um, we were discussing... Dylan is a dog fucker. Hey... Do you know what I don't find attractive? K heads. And then uh, and then John said they gave me a K four. And I said, What? And he's like, My point my penis is four inches. That meant hard. And I was like, ooh.
0: No, 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 no. That's that's how that's how thick it is. It's four inches around.
1: <laughs> Once again, this my is, favorite this thing is, this is yeah. four inches,
0: right? This is how big four inches around is. That's cause that's what I fucking bring.
1: <laughs> Do you have like Halloween candy?
0: bunch of fortune cookies because one time okay i like it chinese restaurant showed up with a bag of fortune cookies Mm Dylan. and if they give you that much fortune you do not want to know what's up
1: i like fortune cookies because they're just like for an old uh for an old buds that i have right now like i drink black coffee i like a tart taste and it's got that low volume of sugar that i like
0: yeah but what i also like those fuckers What I like about fortune cookies is that they had to make them just fun things and not you will meet someone that you'll be more in love with because people kept calling up being like, why the fuck is my wife leaving me because she got a fucking, fucking fortune cookie, bro? What the fuck? <laughs> Did that actually happen, though? That's right. That's pretty cool. Did Do I fucking make shit up? No. I'm fucking No, hot.
1: she doesn't make shit up. By the way, right now we're going to talk about Bret Hart. And uh, this actually, I forgot about the storyline completely after... Bret Hart, we're of course picking it up. Uh, his Iron Man match with Shawn Michaels. He loses and he takes a this bunch of time best, off. This is the
0: best time. In, this is Lonesome Dove hanging but out with Bret This is like Canada, a Brent longer
1: storyline because we just talked about Raven on our Patreon episode and it's one of the longer storylines. It's listen like to it's to that Bret Hart's episode. fucking
0: sick. Yeah, listen, to, listen it. to that episode for no other reason than I am so distracted by a bunch of bullshit in my life that I then. Wally. shitters. That's right. And then I went and fucking sorted myself and now I'm A yeah. okay
1: jacked off now he's fine
0: hard not only did i jack off i called someone else and said you should jack off and they were like thank you my name is dylan gott's wife
1: here's something you should know if you jack off and then it comes out black that's all your bad thoughts
0: that's right or your yam bag is bleeding
1: (laughs) or you're dead in five minutes but either way
0: who cares right either way either way you got to come either way you're winning
1: there you go So, he comes back after six months off, and he comes out, Bret Hart does, gives a promo where he says, Shawn Michaels did beat me in the middle of the ring, fair and square, but I'm still better than him, and I want to face the best wrestler in the WWF right now, Stone Cold Steve Osmond.
0: That's right. Give me the angriest of all the Osmonds. (laughs)
1: Steve austin. <laughs> i'm not a mormon but this by the way is bret like hart's caffeine. genius
0: bret hart was the only guy that could have made steve austin in this and bret hart yeah. was the only guy that could keep going after it which is bret hart are you holding your friend pen? i'm holding a piece of metal
1: no that's good that, no because you were like a fucking it's like a fucking you just hold one right Hold, hold it. it. And then people there are you go. Like, Whoa. It's like on sports shows how they always just are holding a pen. Like that guy's gonna he ri- her wrote something he's down. He's making a
0: point. He's about to he, Charles Barkley is about to write something down. Do you know what he's writing down? That makeup lady's phone number. He's not <laughs> trying to fuck her. He's trying to help her out getting into master, her master's program. Yeah, One letter, one letter of wreck from uh, from CB. And guess what you don't have? Problems.
1: Then much then I uh i remember this from my uh sports podcast i did 600 years ago with graham k but greatest charles barkley story he got caught speeding and the cop was like why are you going speeding why are you speeding and he's like listen yes i'm drunk second thing i'm about to go get my dick like by the lady who sucks the best dick on the goddamn planet so just like let me speed and then they were like you're in jail and he's like fine <laughs> That was it. That was his official rating for speeding. You could have just been like, sorry, officer. But he's like, I'm about to get my dick sucked. Also, here's a bunch of money.
0: This is why I love Charles Barkley. He has the attitude of someone that won as many rings as my, uh, uh, Michael Jordan. Did not.
1: Yeah, him and Carmelo Anthony, both great basketball players, both clearly too fun to win stuff at basketball.
0: Yeah, exactly. Do you want to know why Charles Barkley isn't the champion? Because someone went, yo, Charles, you want to have eight daiquiris? And he's like, I've already had six.
1: <laughs> Here's what I do: hang out with people outside of my team. So, John, start talking about Bret Hart.
0: So, Bret Hart goes away for a year, comes back to a very different WWF. Oh, Steve Austin's comes. wearing he's oh C U M and C O M E both spellings. The Wrestler Review and regular. And then uh, comes back in, finds Steve Austin wearing the first version of his uh, leather vest, which was the one with just the words stone cold against a blue background on it. And he doesn't like the cut of his jib, quite frankly, Dylan. You know what he says? He says some stuff. He says stuff like, I don't like this guy. He's a bit of a, he's a meister of malarkey.
1: Hey, I don't like you, buddy.
0: That's what he says. Yeah, he says, he says that. And he goes, tone it down. They then have the weirdest Royal Rumble ever, which is they, for some, Vince McMahon is convinced of the draw of Shawn Michaels. Throughout, well, Brett is gone, by the way. Shawn Michaels has won and lost the championship title 40 times. Based mostly on Brett not wanting to have to lose it. Shawn not having to lose it to Brett.
1: Yes, this is. And uh, by the way, if you get a chance, it is uploaded on the WWE YouTube. Just go watch the Stone Cold Steve Austin Bret Hart um, match from Survivor Series '96. It is. Everyone will tell you that Austin basically was turned heel at obviously by the submission match which he turned face sorry face
0: oh only dylan rooted against him because dylan doesn't like when men bleed because dylan this is the thing dylan that's for women to do that's that's right that's what dylan says that he says that and then they're like is that a period reference and they didn't someone has to explain no dylan just thinks men's skin cannot be pierced
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah. why isn't his skin more tougher
0: yeah dylan is a real more tougher yeah, Dylan's a real problem in the kitchen because his wife has played into this lie. But Dylan always goes for the knife. Let me, and here's how he he grabs them by the blade like this, fist around. <laughs>
1: Ow! The why? why? Ow! Yeah, I guess my
0: hands a woman. I guess my hands a woman. He <laughs> yelled.
1: <laughs> but uh, they have a great match, and Austin. This is why Austin Brett is one of the most unsung greatest feuds in the history of wrestling. And you know what? It fucking sucks. It fucking sucks that Bret Hart didn't get to come back to the WWE. you're 100 right and yeah feud with austin when he was superhero stone cold steve austin it was like i'm the one guy you've never been able to fucking beat
0: oh and, and- then we would have gotten the best because pro- the nothing better than the summer of 97 97- whoa what's going on there 97 promos you know <laughs> tried- you can make that I'd- our background i tried this is a, okay. Well, we'll also, something big you guys, something there you should go. know, and this is very indicative of society. Do you know the amount of people that have messaged me to tell you that you're looking great? You 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 posted a video yeah. clip, and like three they people message they should call people, me on the phone. Three people messaged me and were like, Dylan's looking good. And I was like, Do you think I live with him?
1: <laughs> well, tell those people they should be shamed.
0: Oh, I did. I shamed all... I said, you want to know why he looks good? Because he doesn't eat like a little pig. And they were like, what? Because <laughs> like, you're fat. Piggy, piggy, piggy boy. Oink, 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 oink. Oink, 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 oink.
1: Oink, oink. Oreo oink, boy. Oink, oink, Shut oink, up, bitch.
0: Oreos up, might be vegan, but they're still making you look disgusting. It's what yeah. I yell out of car windows. Shame, shame. Yeah, I yell that at schools, just randomly.
1: Stone Cold Steve Austin. Good. This is also the point where he's not... It's interesting to watch him when he was a wrestler still. Like, he's... They're exchanging hammer locks. It's basically like, Stone Cold's character is, which is so cool, is that he's fucking pissed that he's been overlooked for so long. He's just so angry, and when he's very angry, it makes him very good at fighting. Yolo, beast mode, wagwan. It's pretty much the whole entire story. And Bret Hart, of course, beats him, but he doesn't beat him like... He doesn't beat him with the sharpshooter in the middle. He reverses a million dollar dream. And then Austin just gets angrier and angrier and Bret Hart also to build upon what we were talking in uh, the second episode of this was he is the ultimate NWA champion. It's just the thing that Vince McMahon hates the most is the NWA NWA. and he's he's like even in the I remember even in the build for Austin and uh, Bret Hart matches he would be like well it's going to be really hard to get the sharpshooter on because if you look at Stone Cold Steve Austin he has these huge legs.
0: Yeah, it's such a funny thing. It's also, it's a very funny where I also bet you what didn't help this match's reputation is Jim Cornette and Jim Ross jacking off about it. Because I guarantee they were both like, now that is what I call wrestling. And when Vince McMahon heard that, he went, now that's what I call something we're never doing again.
1: Yeah, because you can even hear it in you can even hear it in the commentary when Brett and Austin are wrestling, and then Jim Ross will call something a hold, and Vince McMahon will literally scoff and be like, "Why? <laughs> it's everything as a maneuver." And Shawn Michaels is my boyfriend.
0: Yeah, I am in love with Shawn Michaels. He is my guy. I would like to know why Shawn Michaels, my guy, is not on the thing. <laughs> Which,
1: to be fair, it's not. Uh, he's very, very, very good. Shawn Michaels is. This is a very, very, very good period in professional wrestling.
0: Yeah, it's a very, very good period in professional wrestling. And Vince McMahon, as usual, does everything he can to stop it. And Steve Austin was so fucking good. He was able um, to withstand the storm.
1: (laughs) Okay, yeah, January 6th. (laughs) So, the other thing I don't think we think about is when 1996, the upper of this card is so much better than when they actually start making money. Like, Brett, Sean, Austin, Undertaker, Vader. Um, Well, I guess you get the debut of Kane Uh, next year. Mankind.
0: Sid. Mantar. Sid. Mantar. Sid. Uh, Carlos Colon comes back for a bit. Why the fuck? I say Colon. you do say colon, it's weird. Um, that the famous luchador I can never remember the name of, who uh refused to do a job and loved and Mil Mascaris. Mil Mascaris comes in. This is the height of the WWF. It really like and this Ahmed is when, Johnson. Ahmed Johnson the greatest wrestler of all Very over. You're not supposed very to over, but you're the not way. supposed to uh hurt the opponents. Guess how tough Ahmed is. He, <laughs> he does. does. <laughs> he hurts them all very badly. <laughs> So,
1: um, Bret Hart, of course, uh, he wins the title during this period. This is all leading up into Bluntreal. No, actually, no. We have skipped over a whole ton of shit. Of course, we get the Hart Foundation, which really did turn around the WWF's business. John, explain what the
0: Hart Absolutely. Foundation the is. Absolutely. The Hart Foundation was a faction. It was a faction. Of two people. That's Bret it. Hart and his ego. No. <laughs> It was the greatest thing at all time because it basically did something that never Canadians never get to have, which is a representation of Canadians on their television. Um, And they, um, they represented it. It was one of those things where they, yeah, they basically were able to create a situation where they were good guys in Canada, bad guys in the States in a time when they were down. So they were able to fill every fucking arena in Canada Over the summer, which is why in like the run up to Bad Blood, they're doing Moncton fucking New Brunswick and St. John's Newfoundland is because Vince McMahon, this is when Vince McMahon is the best at being a promoter is you've backed me into a corner. Here's how I generate a crowd. I know where I can still pop a fucking audience. Not to talk about modern days too much, but this is when everyone's like WWE's done. It's like, no, this man's this is this. If anything, Vince Man has gone, ah, another situation where I can thrive. I've fucked this. Now I will go at them.
1: Yeah. And it like exactly what Sean's saying. They create a guy who need Bret Hart is a very good draw internationally. They have to play Canada a lot because they're getting skunked out in the States because WCW has every single guy you think of when you think of pro wrestling from the eighties and they do a nationalism angle, and it works great. And it works great as far as the states too, because the people they're fighting for the states are Stone Cold Steve Austin, Psycho Sid, Shawn Michaels, and like Gold Dust.
0: Yeah, the so fucking... it kind of
1: makes it like the puritanical evil Canadians who love socialism.
0: Yeah, they against... love health. They love healthcare and pink against. A man in a gold onesie and his four friends with various different levels of male pattern baldness.
1: (laughs) And it's also like exactly what Canadians would always say about Americans and why they don't like Americans. Like, yeah, well, we don't get shot and we have health care. It's really fun here. And Bret Hart's the exact perfect Canadian to say it because he has this air of self-satisfaction that kind of makes you want to slap him in the face.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's also, even though a he wheel- will
1: beat you up and just call and just say your stew,
0: your stew. He's in a wheelchair with circle glasses. Great. And Brett in a wheelchair is the best promo work he ever does. Oh my god, it's the best thing. He's such an asshole. He's so um, good. It's also all the Hart siblings are really good at coming across like bags of shit and all of this because they keep attacking Steve Austin and making it look like it was fucking. Um, uh stew which is super fun it's just it's just a really good time this is the brett that we should have always had which is like this is brett actually being himself where i'm from is better than where you are from i'm the best
1: your shit and i genuinely believe that there's a certain like earnestness to Brett hart that works during this period as well and it's like when you're in the cartoon world of the early 90s, obviously he worked well as well. But he worked there as well because it was like a this guy's a real guy and he's fighting The Undertaker. So you can like live through that. But there's also when he turns heel, it's like it's a perfect heel character for him because obviously, and this is obviously when heels work the best, but it's like he believes all these things. And then you go to WCW and he's just a wrestling heel and it's fucking terrible. Oh,
0: it's so hot
1: but it's like you need to get Bret Hart like like Bret Hart would have been an amazing heel if it was the right to censor with Bret Hart as the leader because he would have just earnestly been like this isn't wrestling what you're doing is disgusting and I won't let anyone watch it I'm banned my kids from watching me wrestle I just tell them I work at the post office now and people would have and then he would see uh, boobs and he'd be like those are only for when your wife isn't
0: in town um What's also very funny about this period of time is it feels like it was a plan the entire time from Bret Hart. Do you know what I'm saying? Where it's like he ends WrestleMania, the Raw after WrestleMania 13 by uniting Davey Boy and Owen Mm -hmm. and then bringing in Hillman and Neidhart and it was this amazing thing they were able to do when there was a wrestling war of it felt like it was like these are my guys within the industry now we've come together and we're sharing it with the audience which made it so much more exciting coupled with the fact you're now building towards the Montreal screw job. and they're like making promos that are like the Sunny Days promo happens in this period of time like everything is just more exciting yeah. and real. Everything has that additional thing of like Brian Pillman's done the loose cannon. Now he's with the heart foundation. Brett's got the circular glasses. It builds to the best summer slam of all time. Those um, are his heel
1: glasses, but like definitively when Brett Hart was wearing those glasses, those are his old heart foundation, mid eighties glasses that he was wearing when he was a heel. So it's like a very
0: subtle nod to like, I am a heel. Well, and they're and even out. different again because he would wear the aviators drugs in the heel heart foundation. And he's made like the adult version of aviators, the circle guys. Ooh, the circles. It's um, so hot.
1: So did you know this? Did you know that Bret Hart, um, wrestled stone cold Steve Austin in his submission match? Did
0: you know that John? I did know that Dylan. Thank you so much for telling me. Mm hmm. And it is
1: obviously the double turn. We get Bret Hart cowering before Ken Shamrock and they try and build up that match. They have Ken Shamrock as a special enforcer and, even before the match, it's like it's such a really good thing because it's like Stone Cold's obviously done all these terrible underhanded things this entire time to Bret Hart Absolutely. and Bret's and finally going to so get his good. revenge in a match that and it's because it's completely the inverse of every other match you would ever see with a heel and a baby face where it's like Bret Hart has clearly going to win this match. He's clearly yeah. going to win this match because he, he is the sharpshooter, one of the greatest submission moves of all time in Kfabe. That's right. Stings. I said kayfabe.
0: What? Yeah, he has Sting's finishing maneuver.
1: He has Sting's finisher, and Stone Cold can't tap anyone out. He can't do anything. He has no submissions on his record, really. We're just going to forget about the Million Dollar Dream. So he's just going to like really wrench in a headlock and hope for the best. So it should be like, slam dunk, we're going to dunk on this ho ass heel. But if you watch any of the 96 matches, you're going to see... The crowd is... I'm not going to say 50-50 for Austin. It's more like 70-30 for Brett. But there's a palpable amount of people just screaming for Austin. And it really is... I don't know. that Once again, not to reiterate, but that feud is really like how they get over into the Austin era in such a more real Absolutely. way than the... Than the Because Michaels, because it's WWE and it's Shawn Michaels and Vince McMahon, Michaels gets all the credit. Everything you always see is... Austin, Tyson, and then him beating Michaels. But it's like, Shawn Michaels, the way he did that job was fucking shit. Like, he lost, yes, but, like, he chewed gum actively while he was selling the sunner. Yeah. It's Whereas the Bret thing- Hart, like, fucking... All these matches, he went great, and it was so believable, and it, like, put Bret over so strong while t- slowly turning Austin. Like, it was such a fucking great... I- I'd say this not maybe not in ring because you could just like say whatever to new japan guys and i'd have to believe you that it was great
0: oh uh, yes no the better match than this is actually uh the great uh versus go. joe klungan and it happened uh joe at, klungan it happened at the uh, the egg dome in tokyo in 2007 one. the match was 4 hours long And it ended when both men just had to be taken to a hospital for severe awesomeness.
1: (laughs) But as far as like character growth for both guys within a feud, I don't think you can beat it. And this is like kind of the dragon that wrestling is still chasing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because it's also what they really want is just Bret Hart to come back and to be awesome. Like in the end, when it's like, we want the Attitude Era back. What that's saying is, can we have Steve Austin? Can we just have a protected main event star that we actually all like? And it's like, no, we can't. And it's like, okay. well, Can we have this and that? And it's like, no. What about that? No. That's what wrestling feels like now. It's just...
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, you're not going to have a guy that connects as much as Stone Cold because you can't, it, it. it's just impossible now, in my view. Because you'll never get someone who's like... Re- wrestling isn't is too small now for a guy that's like the underdog against all these six six guys
0: that's so funny yeah that's to such be a great intimidating
1: point. still to a regular man like if you're a regular man and you see someone called steve austin he's massive
0: yeah and he's but at that time it's so funny you bring that up it's Wrestling's also, just four nerds
1: now which everything is for the, sp- ever other than huge musicians and huge actors everything is sort of just for a spat of people like i don't know how much you know about online culture i certainly don't know that much but like i learned who addison ray was like last month and 16 million people follow her which means like i at don't least even know twi- <sighs> 16 million people follow her and it's like no idea who this fucking woman is she's just like no a idea. lady who's huge on tiktok who's like Check this out, I'm wearing a dress. And everyone's like, we like that dress. I like that a lot. I really like that dress. My niece has a friend who is 17 years old and she has uh, 750,000 followers on TikTok. And all it is is her trying on a dress and going... No, yeah you like it and then I, I assume a bunch of creeps are like i broke my phone shoving it in my ass or whatever i've when you say come i say now <laughs> i don't think they would say the come part you probably have to get them to say now
0: And who knows more about the internet you that's right i do hot boy johnny
1: Big, big pig fucker, and then pig fucker John. Of course, uh, Brett starts the slow... And this is the funny thing. This is probably why everyone thought Montreal was an angle, but he starts fucking pushing around Vince McMahon. Everyone starts pushing around Vince McMahon, and Brett's one of the first people on television to really expose that Vince McMahon owns the company, because when you're a children you just thought this guy was, like, the announcer. It's the weird so announcer we who didn't know anything.
0: We should have all figured out he was in charge because the man didn't know what a backslide was. What a maneuver. They would just say, oh, wow, geez, Christmas. Also, anyone who's shocked that Vince McMahon turned out to be a wild narcissist should look at the fact that he's clearly the worst person at the job he gave himself, and he got to keep that job for so long.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Also, the interesting part is Brett's still the face, and he's got an entire stable and only Austin. But it's the perfect thing. I mean, we're talking way too much about Austin on a Bret Hart podcast, but like,
0: it's no we're not thing. no i disagree i fuck, okay. fuck you because you disagree with me steve austin isn't as big as he becomes without this moment in time this is no the montreal screw job overshadows this this is more important than the montreal Screw. the montreal screw job happened we are a wrestling podcast everyone has talked about the montreal screw job i don't care anymore what it was was Brett was a stubborn dick who had gone, I've done everything I can for this fucking company. It's I don't classic. want to lose to
1: this piece They're of shit. You They're can both see wrong. If, when you're both wrong. When you're searching for who's right and who's wrong, that's the most interesting thing about the Montreal screw job to me is that no, I've never heard. Yeah, they were both kind of wrong. Yeah. Like, I think, honestly, I think Brett is kind of more in the wrong. It's just the. Part were it's, and it's Vince fine, could have done him more in
0: the thong,
1: <laughs> but like Vince could have done him the good service of basically just being like, okay, you can just drop it to someone else. Like you can just drop it to Shamrock, and then Shamrock will
0: lose. No, to- but he couldn't. He couldn't do that because it's that thing of that word would get out, all of that sort of stuff. What he had to do is exactly what he did. You're right. Everyone was wrong. He should have kept I mean, he, the belt. on the under- he here's what he should have done
1: is. Exactly what, what he did because it gave yeah, birth the to the most lucrative character in professional
0: wrestling. He did exactly the right thing. It's just the thing he did was a kind of a bit dicky. So, yeah.
1: Without Mr. McMahon, I'm sorry to say this, the Attitude Era is still fucking awesome and still. It's
0: not. A, it's not. It doesn't grow to the same thing because it gave so but, much weight. But big. Bucks. Without Mr.
1: McMahon, go ahead. You just have the Rock facing Stone Cold a bunch more, and then also, oh, what do you have? No Shane, no Linda, no Stephanie. That's pretty good.
0: That actually, I gotta tell you, you're making the Attitude Era sound so much more awesome. No, that's not true. I Shane McMahon. Kind of revealed... like cars.
1: You know how cars are like amazing, obviously. Like obviously, they've made our world so convenient, and sure. have done immeasurably great things for humanity, but also are literally the reason why it's gonna, you know, it's gonna snow in August. And then December will only be known as the death month.
0: Yeah, that's where you live. December where I live will be an absolute paradise. It's the summer where I live. It's going to be oh, that's just the time when everything lights on fire.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like that's and that's what car. That's what the McMahon family is. They're cars. It's like amazing things they've done, amazing uh, moments in that Attitude Era. But you might be. We all might be living underwater in ten years because of them.
0: I can't believe how much I relate to what you just said. And mm-hmm. I hate that.
1: Mm. I'm, I'm really going. pumped for this YouTube auto highlight. I press when whatever weird shit comes up. Um, um,
0: we are going to take before. a break. When we sure. come back, we're going to talk about my favorite time, not the Montreal screw job. Brett Hart punching Vince McMahon in the face right after the Montreal screw job in the most Canadian move ever. And then we are going to talk about, um, brett's contract leaving the wwe and next week we talk about wcw his retirement and the best phase of bret hart when he came back in 2010 and couldn't be touched
1: yeah i mean i'm gonna say this i really want to just talk about i we should have i didn't get enough time to just discuss his wcw storylines because his WCW storylines, like everyone, obviously the Austin Fuse is amazing. The Hart Foundation is amazing. Um, his his matches with Shawn around this time were still amazing because you actually had like two amazing wrestlers who genuinely started to hate each other. Absolutely. Also, and it was just like Cokehead meets Pothead, like I said in the second episode. But like WCW is the interesting part. I
0: think it's deeper than that. What is what it is is it's, it's 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 Cokehead versus Pothead, but more specifically, what it is is. Uh good boy who li- listens to rules, bad boy who doesn't listen to rules. That's basically the Very thing. Very well put. And Bret Hart works hard, has to go to the gym, can't party, all of this sort of stuff. And Sean gets to be a dick and then gets all of the things that Bret gets. And it's like, well, then why can't I be a dick? And that leads to the Montreal job.
1: Yeah, and it's also like, well, because you have to sit Bret down and be like, you can't talk that well and when you talk it's this fast.
0: Yeah, what's also interesting if I now think about it and think about it now. Brett is the first champion who gets sort of what I like to call the old Daniel Bryan, which is feel good moment at WrestleMania. The second WrestleMania is over, cut his fucking legs, goodbye. Like cuz who were Brett's big WrestleMania opponents after Brett makes himself? Yoko. Yeah, okay, but it's Owen. But that's all Brett's doing. And Owen was, no one was expecting Owen to be a big main event star. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yes, but this is even how much better wrestling worked in the 90s that even though they put Brett over, or they didn't put Brett over against like, they they did have brett beat yoko with the sharpshooter eventually but not initially like initially he wins that title because yoko fall down go boom
0: that's literally when how he, he wins when does he beat him with the sharpshooter though because i they yoko goes away comes back as owen's tag team partner like a year later
1: that's it that's when like once yokozuna's moving down the card and he's too fat to move that's when they're finally like okay have brett beat this dude with the sharpshooter but what the hell were we talking about i just had a small stroke
0: it was a big stroke. We were talking about Yokozuna. You Wait, had a Yokozuna. Who you, are you? Your brain just bonsaid.
1: Oh, he. The reason why he's not like Daniel Bryan is because Daniel Bryan never had long-standing feuds where he just beat the shit out of somebody and then won. And there's also yeah. tiers. So once he, once Brett got to that top tier, they would have him win all the like transitional champion matches. You know what I mean? Like if he's like an actual boxer, he beats all the guys who he's supposed to beat, and then loses to the guys who it could go 50 50 against and that's how they book bret hart versus like a regular champion who they believe in he beats the guys who who knows who's gonna win oh the regular champion wins and that's why bret hart and just how good bret hart is in the ring keeps him over like he really really takes himself seriously and you don't get the commentary that's like like if Bret Hart was around now, you're right, his equivalent would be Daniel Bryan, and they would just fixate on, like, why is his hair so wet? Huh? <laughs> How many sunglasses does this guy own? Like, that's what they would have talked about instead of Brett- Jerry Lawler constantly being like, I hate this guy. He's great. I wish I could beat him up, but I can't. And then put it, yeah. two, two people putting him over every time. Like... 1995 WWE and 1996 not 96 but 1995 how like everyone says it's the fucking shittiest year in the world we would all give it our left nut to have that be the last 15 oh, yeah. years of wrestling where it was just cohesive storytelling where like this guy's good this guy's better than this guy this guy won
0: yeah what a even if map. it is with dumb characters the dumbest
1: and that was one year and everyone fixates on this one year because we were like everyone who covers wrestling was 10 when that year happened what
0: what it also was is it's the time it's the moment inside of wrestling it's that weird thing with wrestling nerddom at this point is that it's very wag the dog in that explain that in that like wrestling fans are like we're the ones who write the history but really what happens is people inside the wrestling industry tell this was the worst year for wrestling and then wrestling fans are like, you're right. Here's all of that evidence. We decide. And it's like, you decided nothing. You listened to these weirdos and they just made a decision for you. Yeah. Yeah. Very it's good. just, it's a fascinating turn of affairs. It's also right. just this affairs. <laughs> <Our> <thing. laughs>
1: affairs. You had a stroke too. We both had strokes. We're going to take a short break and then we're going to be back with more about Brett the Clitman fart
0: right after shit. Wait a minute. But before we, what are we talking about after the break? You fuck? Tell them. WC Montreal Screwjob Aftermath coming up after the break. I can talk for 25 minutes about Bret Hart punching Vince McMahon. I can do it. I want to. Oh, Dylan, what a lovely break this is. We're uh, stopping the show to tell all of you that Dylan and I have had some shit happen in our lives. Dylan, go ahead. Mine's good. I'm a dad now. I'm going through a divorce and also I broke my body. So how about you fucks Head on over to Patreon and give Mummy and Daddy, I'm Mummy, he's Daddy, some sweet, sweet cash. You get to decide what episodes we're doing. You get to uh, uh, exclusive access to episodes never released anywhere else. And we will love you. And it also... Um, we're fine if you don't donate to Patreon, but, like, it'd be fucking sick if you did.
1: If you can't donate to Patreon because you're that much of a poor piece of shit loser, just subscribe to us on whatever podcast app you're using. And most importantly, probably, even if you don't fucking subscribe, just rate. Rate, review us, say, oh, this is good, because there's a lot of people who don't like how political we are for some reason. So, rate, subscribe, review, suck, 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 bye, 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 enjoy hearing about whatever fucking carney is it.
0: Oh, my headphones,
1: Dylan. <laughs> we're back from How break. Do
0: you feel, the Montreal screw job, Everyone knows what we're talking about. Let's talk about what the rest of the review is all about.
1: Okay.
0: Which is stupid, weird shit that ha- shit that happens backstage. Here's what happens backstage. In the ring, the screw job occurs. Backstage, here are the following people that leave: Earl Hebner, his brother Jim Cornette. Somehow, those are the th- two. One guy I know loves getting jacked off with hot oil in a massage. Another guy who is that guy's brother. And a guy that is into stuff so weird and sexual, it made Dylan, and I'm quoting now, say, I
1: don't like this. Didn't Jim Cornette wasn't he one of the architects of the screw job, though? N-
0: it, no, okay. He so said he was like, Well, we could just Jim, screw him. Yeah, Jim Cornette says he said the me- he said it in the meeting, and then Vince went, Okay, and then never mentioned it again. And then that day, Jim asked Vince, Do you have a finish? We don't know what it is. And he went, Yep. And he went, Okay, I don't need to know anything else he then went and stayed for the match watched the match saw the finish and was out in time with the hebner's because jim cornette knew it was knew what it was going to be probably in that it's that thing of like you know mo- some of my jokes cuz we've worked together so you can kind of stand up at a during the setup cuz you know the punchline that's what i think jim cornette did those guys fucked off Mick Foley was the only wrestler who actually tried to stand up for something and left the company for one day. Yeah. I assume The Undertaker told about 14 people it was his yard. Shawn Michaels, (laughs) for some reason, befriended two white supremacists. And uh, Bret Hart took a shower. Well, Bret Hart's wife yells at Triple H, which is on YouTube. Everyone go watch it. Dylan, what do you think so far of what's happening backstage for the Montreal Screwjob?
1: I think it's just a bunch of people. I've seen this a thousand times. It's a bunch of people trying to be on both sides kind of. Where it's like they have to oh, I'm a wrestler, so I have to play like this is unexpected and then I'm going to leave. But you're not going to leave. Who would who, who, is everyone going to go to WCW? You have con- you have a contract. You can't leave.
0: Yeah, but it's also that thing of like I can't believe they did that.
1: I don't know, man. It's kind
0: of like here's what it is. When someone gets fired got- at your job, at you're like here's at, it as, so it's more than that is we are both comedians. A lot of comedians talk, like, big talk of, like, they're not going to treat me that way. And it's like, yeah, you don't, un- you don't understand the world, actually. Like, what you're saying, yeah, no one is going to treat you that way. You're not going to get to a place where you have to deal with these types of personalities because you kind of have to, like, shuck and jive to get to here. And to keep progressing, you have to do other things. And, yeah, you have to basically be friends with psychos because that's who's yeah. just in your industry. It and reminds the, me, but hang um, on. Yeah, go for it. But the screw job is a point where it's like all of these wrestlers can be like, wait, I'm on the side of the guy that is a dick. And it's like, yeah, kind of unfortunately, Brett isn't going to give you any money because Brett ideologically is someone you want to side with. But I guarantee, like, Kane was like, well, but fuck Brett. Like, Brett's not going to help me.
1: Yeah, 100%. It's taken you this many years to get there. And the only people that left are people
0: who... Jim Cornette will just leave and do something else. Yeah, Jim Cornette, Jim Cornette is versatile. Jim Cornette's also a psychopath and has a shitload of family money. So he can do whatever he wants.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's like... It, you know what reminds me exactly of is when people get called out like there is a big there anytime a big comedian or a big uh comedy agency gets called out for like longstanding sexual harassment or sexual assault and then everyone goes, I can't believe that happened and then one person always quits and then no one else does. Yeah. And then the person that quit you find out was like, Oh, they didn't really really need this anyway because exactly they're rich. Or they're just yeah. financially stable. You can only really take a stance against something horrible. I'm like That's why you hear about these people in history books when they do, which, I mean, it's the Montreal up by, by the way, is so much less serious. It's a, a guy didn't want to lose a fake belt because he didn't like the guy who carried the fake belt. It's like the last time in wrestling. But it gets so
0: Bret Hart in a second, which is Bret Hart. Do you understand that Bret Hart's reaction to being screwed over for a fake belt he never won is to in real life punch the owner of that company in the face. Do you know how no one fucking will ever weird... take
1: wrestling that seriously again?
0: And I, co- I think Cornett's talked
1: about that where it's like Bret Hart's the last guy who would ever take wrestling who would who'll ever take wrestling that seriously. Yeah. And Jim Cornette only wants dudes like Bret Hart in his company.
0: Bre- Jim Cornette finds that Bret Hart's a bit wishy-washy when it comes to how he feels about wrestling. Ooh. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those sort of things. Um, that well, is it is so the weird.
1: prison that murdered his family.
0: That is the funny thing, too, is it? Well, it didn't murder his family. It only murdered one member of his family. And this is the other thing that's weird. Is I mean, only they don't talk state, to each other. Yeah, they're still alive. So, Brett... Brett
1: fought, got to be though. the champion of the family. Stu clearly was the hardest on Brett because Brett had the most potential. But by virtue of being the hardest on Brett, meant he gets the most attention because Stu's a psycho yes he is so everyone else in his family has horrible substance problems and brett gets to be the one who escaped with his life and now is living his i'm gonna say um kevin von eric years of man that was fucked up please can i just get high on this beach and not talk about it
0: yeah and the problem with brett's personality is he will say that and then immediately start talking about it do you know what i'm saying
1: well, of course, you're cursed like it's like an athlete who's like, um, you got you missed that one big shot. You're cursed that
0: it no is matter and I, what you- and I'm just formulating this thesis right now, but I actually think that this is the most this breaks Brett's brain because basically Brett was told by an uh, uh, a Chesterfield that came to life to abuse him named Stu. If you're good in the wrestling business, I will love you. Brett was so good in the wrestling business, he believed it was real a little bit, and then it he fucked him. St- of course, then it fucked him so bad and then gave him g- killed his brother and gave him a stroke because a football player kicked him in the fucking face because
1: of what he was taught. Hey, just gut it out instead of you're fucking huge concussed. Maybe chill. Yeah. When his contract totally would have allowed him to chill.
0: Yeah. Also, all Brett really needed to do was get perspective on the Montreal screw job. And even if that thing of like, yeah, I was angry. I You know what? It was a bit ridiculous what I wanted. Sean's a dick. I'm not... A, like, it's that thing of, like, if he actually could just for a second be like, ha huh, huh, is that's crazy that that happened.
1: Compartmentalize at all.
0: Yeah, it's even... It's almost not even compartmentalized. It's, if he could gain some perspective on what the Montreal screw job was, I think he would be yeah. so happier. But I guarantee... If they had an in-house was,
1: WWF therapist, this would have never happened. He would have been like, whoa, I'm taking this way too seriously. I'll drop I mean, the belt. I mean, I guarantee
0: that fucking... Um, his fucking kids will not go to the city of Montreal because they don't want to get a phone call from their dad while he's there being like well buddies uh, yeah, I can't believe you tr- betrayed me again and they're like we didn't
1: betray dad <laughs> would it be fun to live in Montreal and then if Bladeheart shows up there just roll him up and then get a one count and he'll be like what and I'll be like titles mine that'd be fun
0: Yeah, that's exactly what you should do.
1: That's what I should do. So we got to talk a bit about WCW. And Well, here's what we
0: should talk about that's so funny. So while all of this is happening in the WWF, Brett has, and we've obviously chosen not to go into it for the simple fact that um, everyone knows the whole story. Brett gets the 20-year contract. They can't pay it. He's now going to WCW. While this is all happening, for some reason, I think that Brett thought in his head he would go to WCW and get all this respect. So all of the stuff that like Brett would build around him in terms of security, he has none of this going to WCW, which is a company populated completely by people that hate him. Do you know what I'm saying? So he comes in thinking he's going to be respected and taken care of. and they fuck him so fast.
1: And also, he's there's not enough room in the upper tier for Bret Hart, even if you are coming in with what would baked in be the easiest? Layup storyline in the history of professional wrestling of like, you know what? I just came from a company where the owner is fucking everything up. I'm gonna help Sting and fuck up everyone in the NWO. And instead it well, yeah. how does he come into WCW John?
0: He's announced as the referee for Larry Zabisco versus uh Eric Bischoff, and that's it. And actually, before they do that, they all the NWO goes to the ring with Canada flags to announce that yeah. bread is coming which is doesn't make any sense because isn't the WC isn't WCW on the side of or isn't the NWO against WCW why do they have that insider information you know what i'm saying
1: yes but also like debuting a guy if imagine CM Punk had just debuted as the special guest referee in the middle of the card i pitched that <laughs> you know what Tony Schiavone is gonna you know what honestly it would have exactly been like if CM Punk was the special guest referee in Paul White versus QT Marshall instead exactly of what gonna I fight
0: Darby Allen I pitched that I also I'm gonna just take this opportunity to say it Adam Cole is not as big a star as Daniel Bryan and CM Punk and this is the problem with modern wrestling is that they are like these three amazing stars debuted and it's like no two legacy players and one guy from the wet hair brigade debuted and this is where i get a bit on the brett hart sides too which is this weird thing that wrestling does now which is everyone who just leaves a company when to go to another company that's considered hot that's a big deal all that does is teach the wrestling business what you should just do is hot shot a lot don't do that brett going into wcw was the big news they should have just had him fucking show up with sting or with anything they could have also just had him against raven Instead, they do this weird thing, which is make him a referee, and then he never really does anything else. Well, yeah, he comes out. He comes out as the
1: enforcer. Sorry, he comes out towards the end of the Hogan Sting match, which of course is fucked because, as we all know, there was supposed to be a fast count. There was no fast count. He just pinned Sting clean, and then Bret Hart was like, this is bullshit, which makes him seem like an idiot because it wasn't bullshit. It was just a regular count. Like, they could have just been like, Hey, we're going to have Bret Hart make his decision or just have Bret Hart come out and then fake like he's going to like you could you could have got off the NWO storyline so easily there. Sting beats Hogan. Obviously, they're going to drown the end flush the NWO down the toilet, but Sting beats Hogan, everyone's celebrating, Bret Hart comes out, looks, shakes Sting's hand, but then like points to the belt and is like I'm want to fight you for that. What a great and, and, then and bear just, in that's mind, it. this
0: was just thought up by a man who I know for one year didn't wipe his ass with toilet paper.
1: <laughs> yeah, he had a Tribune magazine, so he got him at the movies, a glossy wipe, just
0: smooshed right. it everywhere. He always, he, Dylan got was known at most Cineplex Odeons in the greater Toronto area as the Tribune Teeth. But
1: we're going to talk about Bret Hart's WCW run next week, and Bret Hart's WCW run makes the big show horny with how many nonsensical turns there were
0: oh my god okay i wanted. to should talk be said about... this if
1: bret hart was just a normal man he got 2.5 million dollars per year why does he you know what i mean like if he's a normal guy this is like, again i got so much oh, money to provide for my children brett but he's need, like this no is, here's what i need here's to what back brett needed
0: at montreal screw job he should have taken that moment to be like now is the time for therapy Instead he was like, now's the time <laughs> to confirm everything I've always believed. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's basically they were like, This is a time you need to step back. You are about to um oh, uh, who's the fucker that fucking chokes the bunny cause it's too you're about to of mice and mend the bunny, Brett? Go. <laughs> and Brett is just like, that is my plan. And they're like, wait, what? And he's like, I'm in this to kill rabbits. And they're like, no, 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 he no.
1: Calls, no. He calls, what he does is, this weird, he calls a the therapist and the therapist goes, hello. And he's like, if anyone telling you they're Bret Hart says that they want to use your services or any therapist... Don't accept their money and then he breaks the phone because he thinks now no therapists will fucking ever talk to me. John, this is pretty much a layup, but what's the best and worst parts of this uh time of Bret Hart's career?
0: Best part, Montreal screw job. Worst part, he No. Best part, his refereeing at Starcade. Good. Worst part He wasn't in the wheelchair more.
1: Yeah, I'd say best part for Relio, uh Austin feud, uh worst part. I mean, He steps foot in WCW ring and his life falls to shit. This really. Yeah. We're going to talk about some sad shit that happens over the next 24 years in Bret Hart's
0: life. Yeah, exactly. It's. Wait, say that again. The high point of his
1: life, the high point of Bret Hart's
0: life is that Stone Cold Steve Austin submission match. That's his. Yes. Uh, this is okay. Sorry. I got lost for a second. The way I the way you phrased that in my head and I just there's a bunch of stuff swirling in my head that has nothing to do with this podcast. And I'm sorry to everyone if I sound distracted. But the way it sounded bikini, like babes. Yeah, guys, they all have my phone number mm-hmm. and they just won't stop texting. Uh, facts about taxes. Um no. The way I heard that in my head it was you and his highlight was the Montreal screw job and then the next 24 years of his life was shit. You are correct though. He Achieved everything he needed to achieve with Steve Austin. <laughs> and then basically the world fucked him from there. Um, yeah. And it's a fascinating a situation. Man. He's a beautiful boy. This ends
1: the good part of Bret Hart's life.
0: I disagree entirely. I love okay. Bret Hart and WCW. Bret Hart and WCW is, it's basically the, it is the real life version of Billy Madison. Bret Hart okay. is in, Bret Hart's in a circumstance of his own making that he is not equipped for. It's uncomfortable that he's there. Let's see how he backs it up. Get ready to see a guy very uncomfortable in a black T-shirt a lot of the time. Oh, buddy. It's pretty much like, oh, you know how you didn't like that one guy that politics? Well, now we have five. Yeah, exactly. You don't. Yeah. Like oh, you hate school. No, 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 no. It's back. worse than that is, oh, you didn't like Shawn Michaels. Well, welcome to the Shawn Michaels championship wrestling.
1: Yeah, Shawn Michaels Championship Wrestling featuring um, a guy who's not cons- not even concerned with making money. Like, ju- just late years Vince McMahon, but already. Like, Shawn- Eric Bischoff essentially is one of those baseball players who had one good year and then was like, fuck it, I wear a gold hat on the field now. I do what the fuck I want.
0: Yeah, basically that's it
1: that is it and that is it for this episode we'll be back next week we only covered like a bit over two years but what an eventful two years and this is the
0: biggest two years for one wrestler ever he has the he bret hart in the same two years he creates the biggest wrestler of all time and wears a variety of tucked in shirts that make him look so fucking stupid bret hart in this time period Here's how he dressed. He looked at someone at a gap and he went, you know, mums that are pregnant. And they went, yeah, he's like, I want to look like that, but tough. And they were like, what? Okay.
1: Yeah. His character development went from he's a, he's a handsome guy and he's mean to he's a handsome guy, but he's nice and he loves sports. And then in the span of like 96 to 97 WWF, it's like nine different things happened to his character. Very like. It's, it's, it is it's the dragon that everyone's kind of chasing as far as character depth in professional wrestling. And we talked about Raven on our Patreon exclusive episode. And him and Raven are like, you wouldn't think about Bret Hart, but it's like there's a depth to Bret Hart's. It's like the way exactly, the and the only way I think anyone's ever done an effective tweener character where they tie nationalism to it. And it's like he, it his character doesn't change, the world changes, and he gets angry at the world. It's like, almost perfect but obviously we're gonna end this goddamn fucking episode you dipshits subscribe review like patreon.com backslash go to john's twitter at the john hastings for information Ooh. about his twitch go to my twitter at dylan gott for information about i don't know um how much my pubes weigh and uh at wrestler review on instagram TikTok, and twitter as well fuck you thank you bye bye suck my butt